1: Text KPI to 727-888-2100 to get the recognition you deserve and experience the success as the go-to voice everyone listens to in your industry today. Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Tanner Larson. Tanner is the founder of Build, Grow, Scale, an e-commerce optimization company that specializes in a process called revenue optimization to help brands scale profitably. He's also the author of the best-selling book, E-Commerce Evolved. BGS's revenue optimization methodology has generated over $400 million in physical product sales over the last three years alone for their clients. I am super excited for today's interview. Tanner, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Awesome. Well, thanks for having me. I love doing this stuff.
1: So. All right. So let's go back in time a little bit. What prompted you? How did you get started?
2: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm a window cleaner. So I'm basically about as untechnical or as unskilled a trade as you could possibly have. Um, built a window cleaning company out of high school, um, uh, did really well with it. Uh, went blind in my left eye, had to sell the company because the healing process when I had the surgery was a two year healing process and I couldn't go outside. I couldn't lift anything over five pounds, dropped out of school, everything during that healing process. So I was sitting at home looking at how savings is not a fun way to live. And I turned my attention to the computer and started dabbling online. That was about 2000, early 2000s. Um, and found the whole uh i found clickbank i found uh all this different stuff that was going on and thinking oh my god i'm going to be a bazillionaire overnight and then it didn't happen and i realized the internet was just another medium for real business and at that point kind of became a student i was already a direct response guy offline and i kind of applied that to online and loved physical products and the rest kind of just progressed its way up to where we're at today
1: Okay, and obviously the longer version of that fills your book, which everybody should go get. Um, Again, e-commerce evolved. All right, so what was the first, uh, I'm sure you still remember, first sale you ever made online?
2: Man, yeah, the first sale I ever made um, was actually an info product. Um, Surprisingly enough, I I found ClickBank and was like, oh man, I could create an info product on how to create your own window cleaning business because that's what I had done. Built this huge product, multimedia product in early 2001 before multimedia was even a thing. Took me forever to get it online. It took God, almost a year before I was actually able to sell it and then no sales came in. And then I just kept holding my breath and finally one sale came in. I had written a bunch of articles back in the eZine article days and all of a sudden I got like 17 clicks off that one and one bot and I was just in heaven and it became a real thing at that point.
1: That is awesome. All right. So, obviously, you've got come incredibly far from 17 clicks to an info product to $400 million. Um, when what was the first real hit that you had?
2: My whole love has always been e commerce and physical products because tangible goods are easier to sell, people already want them. You, you don't have to write a 47 page sales letter to sell info, but Info also didn't have fulfillment issues. So that was where I started. The biggest thing for us really came, real millions, real money came when we started um, applying direct response principles to the antiquated e-commerce process because e-commerce stores were basically nothing more than an online catalog with a really crappy way of taking money. Whereas the info marketers and the direct marketers had this greased shoot sales funnel methodology, very psychology and streamlined approach. So we started marrying the two and when we did that physical product sales just took off and you know that that was really when it when it happened for us and it was the marrying of the two and kind of bringing a logical approach to e-commerce and at the time there really wasn't anything in there or like that everybody was just it was either there's two camps of two worlds right there was the direct response world and the e-com world there was no marrying of the two
1: Awesome. And then when did you decide to start doing that? How did, how did the agency side come about when you started doing this for others?
2: Yeah. So um, for the longest time uh, it was just uh, myself and my business partners and we were building our own brands, scaling. We had kitchen brands, second amendment brands, we had all this different stuff. And as all this was working for us, naturally the next progression of that was people asking us, Hey, can you help us? And Originally, um, having come from kind of an info marketing background, we would just uh, do a course or a coaching program or things like that. Didn't really like it, didn't like the success factor, didn't like uh, a lot of the people just not doing it. And we found out we were really good working with, you know, brands that were already established that just needed to go from good to great. So we started helping some of these other brands, mostly on a one-off basis. And we, we, we kind of fell face first into this whole consulting model where we tried Uh, cash basis consulting, where it's like, give us a big payment, and we'll do it. And then we made them so much money, the payment wasn't worth it. And then we said, Oh, let's move into equity consulting, because that sounds cool. And then we wound up realized that equity is worthless in 90% of the companies that want to give you stock. And that wasn't worth anything. Um, And then we started realizing that the consulting model didn't really work for us. So what we found was we rather work with fewer brands and form actually back-end partnerships where we actually become the optimization and data back-end for these companies, do the work. They are free to run their business while we're doing our stuff. And then we share in the ups and downs by doing that. Um, And that was about three years ago that we really decided to make that an offering. And um, very selective, you know, we're not, it's not a scalable part of our business. So we, to take on a client, we usually let go a client kind of thing. So it's a uh, very, very tight knit thing. Most of our clients, we don't let go. Our, um, our average clients are around 18 months uh, that we have been with us so far. Um, and the only time we do is when we have to fire that bottom 10%, right? Cause you've got to keep growing. Um, but that was really what it was. And we found out we were really good at one thing, which was revenue optimization. And that was really when our business truly took off. When we started doing success by subtraction and cutting away all the other crap and only doing what we're good at. Like, I'm not going to teach you traffic. There's traffic guys out there. I used to do a ton of product sourcing. I can do OEM, all that stuff. But I'm not going to teach you that because what I'm really the best at is taking your store, optimizing that buyer's journey, and helping you double or triple your revenue within 90 to 180 days. That's what we do.
1: That is absolutely incredible. And what does that look like? I'm sure it varies, but you're talking about 90 day, you're talking about a relatively short time period. What type of investment, and we won't quote you, are you looking for from the clients on the fee side? And then what type of um, are we talking about what type of ad budgets are you working with yep. and like what type of minimums do you have? How do you know if something's right for you? Talk totally. a little bit about your client selection process.
2: Absolutely. So um, as it stands right now, we are pretty much looking at clients that are a minimum of 10 million a year. That would be our baseline um, client roster right now. Most of our clients are bigger than that, but we always find that there's usually one of those sweet spot clients that are in that about range that literally just need a few little things to really explode. They've hit that ceiling and don't know why. Um, they're definitely physical product sellers, widgets, lotions, potions, side cream, butt cream, whatever. Um, we don't really do a lot with info or service. It's definitely physical product, primarily store-based. Um, if you use a, a funnel for acquisition, that's cool. But to really build out a, biz- uh, a business with returning customer rate and all of that, you need to have a store. Um, the, what we've been able to do with direct response and conversion rate optimization with revenue optimization on a store Means our conversion rates are five, six, seven, eight percent on a store, which used to only be doable on a on a funnel. So right. store ideally um, they're doing they're they're actively spending on ads. Um, obviously, if they're doing 10 million, they're spending heavily on ads. Hopefully, um, they also must not believe in an advertising budget um, because if we're making you money and your your ROAS is up, then you need to be spending more. Exactly. Right. So that's usually the only time we ever wind up uh, letting the client go is based on like a, a, a ceiling that they don't believe their advertising can exceed. Um, so with that, uh, higher the AOV, the better, but obviously it depends on different industries. We work with everything from supplements to apparel to uh, belts to hats to um, all, we, all kinds of little widgets and gizmos. It, it doesn't really matter as long as it's a, they gotta be quality products. We don't sell crap. We don't work with crap brands. Um, And then, so yeah, they're doing about 10 million a year. They're spending on advertising. And then usually what happens is our process is more about, um, it's an ongoing, like a lot, we we look at it as a long-term investment, a long-term thing. So our fee structure, there's an upfront getting started fee that can vary between 10,000 and 100,000, literally depending on how broken are they, how much work is there involved to just get them to a baseline level that we can start working forward. Um, Because all of our stuff is based on data. So we have a massive data science team. Uh, We have about 45 employees that do nothing but revenue optimization all day for our sites. Um, That team has to go in there first, fix the Google Analytics, tag the site correctly, apply all of our best practices, standard stuff, to then start collecting correctly moving forward. So we can do the cool split tests and the stuff like that. So that um, process, usually just the best practices and fixing the broken stuff, um, usually can give a 60% lift or more to a site um, within the first, you know, 30, 60 days, really as long. And that's not with any additional ad spend. We're just taking what they're already doing and making it work better. Then they can scale. Then we start running all the crazy tests and things like that. Um, and then on the ongoing thing, we take a percentage of revenue as our fee and it's a reverse sliding scale as revenue increases, our fee, our fee percentage drops. Um, and then again, it rises and falls as the store does. So we, we, you know, we're vested in the growth of this store. Um, the, the real thing about us is, um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that do different types of optimization, different types of, you know, dialing your store in or optimizing your traffic or CRO or whatever you want to call it. Um, the, the thing that really kind of separates us from the rest is, That's all we do. But the other side of it is we have, through our what we call our Amplified program, which is what we've just been talking about, we have currently 23 partner stores. When we have a win on one store, we roll it out across our entire network of stores in all the different verticals. Now, that win does not necessarily win in all the different verticals, but we take a a positive win and find out how it perceives in supplements, in weaving, in uh, knitting, in all these different verticals that we're in and we have this amass this massive data library so we can very easily take a new store and they get the benefit of that library of data and tests that we've already run to put the best foot forward in optimizing them and getting them going. And uh, it, it's the philosophy of a rising tide raises all ships. And our, that's why our clients win so big because it's not one against the other, it's everybody wins together.
1: So that was gonna, all right, so that segues into my next question. Do, do you have clients who are in the same niche? And if so, how do you get that rising tide to lift all boats when they hypothetically might be literally going after the same customer?
2: Perfect. Yeah, we actually don't have any direct competitors. We have
1: okay, so you've avoided people
2: that. in the same, like maybe sell to the same apparel market, but not like maybe 60-year-old conservative male. They both have the same customer, but they're not competing brands. We, we don't take on competing brands just okay. on an ethics thing. We also sold our own brands because there was a conflict of interest there as well. Um, so we stay in the, in the trenches every day, doing it on our partner sites, get, devoting ourselves exclusively to that. But the, the other that we could do it and we've talked about it and we just haven't ever had the opportunity. And we would obviously check with our partner first, but the reality is, is that one brand is only ever going to appeal or reach a certain amount of the market. Even if you're two identical brands selling the exact same thing, your, your brand message, everything is different enough that you'll only appeal to a certain subset. So we don't really believe in competition. It's more like collaboration because cross-promoting, cross-pollinating and mixing those audiences is gonna make both stores lift. So, you know.
1: Absolutely. What do you like best about what you do?
2: Man, um, I mean, I never thought I'd be a, like going from a window cleaner to being a geek, which is kind of crazy. Like I was outside now I sit behind a desk but the really cool thing about what we do is not the money. It's not seeing the percentage increases. It's that backside of that. Like our clients are then are, their families and seeing their lives literally completely transformed. Now we do work with some bigger brands that are the already fortune 100, 500. You're not really changing any, any specific life there, but some of the smaller brands that we work with in the eight to 10 to 20, $30 million range, or the ones that we started with before who've been with us um, for a long time, like Anson belts, you know, the father and son team built the company up. We took them from, you know, just about a seven figure brand. And now they're a $10 million brand. It's literally transformed their entire lives. And we've built these relationships and friendships where it's just, it's amazing. And that's
1: the best part. That is absolutely incredible with all the success you've achieved. What's your biggest challenge now?
2: Honestly, (laughs) our biggest challenge now is, uh, is growth. It's taking BGS to the next level. Uh, we really believe that what we're doing um, is very, uh, it's definitely needed, but we feel like we're really the only ones who really do it the way we, in, our, in our methodology. And uh, a lot of our clients actually call us the best kept secret in e-commerce. And the, I always, my response is, dude, I'm not trying to be a secret. Like <laughs> we're not, we don't want to be a secret. We want to be out there. That's why I wrote my book. That's why I'm rewriting my book right now. So our biggest challenge is just, Getting the word out and you know, reaching reaching a larger audience. We want to impact e-commerce on a disruption level, and help everybody through different levels of different things that we can do. But we'd really like to definitely change the landscape for e-commerce. Obviously, long-term goal, but
1: it's tough. Sure, I like the big hairy audacious goal. So, um, with all of the influence that you've got in the reach, because obviously each one of these companies is reaching potentially millions of people. You almost you have a large network, um, what's the exit strategy? Did you just keep growing? Do you get acquired? Do you IPO? Um,
2: yep. Talk so about that's, that. That's a very fluid concept right now. We're actually, um, we've got some uh, different, some venture funds and, uh, that are interested in a, um, either buying into or acquiring a portion. We also host a big conference called Build, Grow, Scale Live. And there's some companies like Blackstone and that have been interested in potentially joining up with us on that. They've been buying education and seminar companies and things like that. So we don't, we've never taken money. We're all self-funded bootstrapped all the way up. We're not sure we really need the money or it'd be nice to get a big payday, but we don't really know it. So we're, we're we have some mentors that we're working with and different people that are trying to advise us who've been through that world. Um, but one of our, in terms of like larger scale things, a lot of the partnerships that we work with on some of these brands is, you know, we've, either as as an upfront thing or as an earned piece, we either earn equity or earn a point on the sale. And a lot of these companies are built to sell. Um, So Build, Grow, Scale gets to participate in some of those exit events as well on most of our brands. But as far as Build, Grow, Scale goes, um, it's already grown beyond me. It's grown beyond my partner, Matt. Um, If Matt and I were no longer in the picture, the company would honestly probably do better because the smart people are actually the, the people behind the scenes, right? Um, our staff is amazing. Um, it's all internally trained. You can't hire for what we do, so we have our own internship program that produces our own crop of rock stars. And uh, so, yeah, we're, we're, we're the whole exit big thing is a fluid concept right now as we kind of figure out where we're going to fit. You
1: should but talk definitely to. Definitely, the
2: goal is to have BGS internally producing hundred million dollars in revenue itself, not counting its client brand stuff.
1: Well, you should talk to your talk to Roland Fraser about that.
2: Absolutely. Roland is one of the top guys on my speed dial for yes. that.
1: I to say he's been through that and they sold off one of their flagship event to a PE company. So they can, they've been through it. Absolutely.
2: And yeah, like I said, he's the, he's one of those first people we're talking to about this.
1: Okay. All right. Well, congratulations. You've got had an incredible journey, um, incredible success for our folks who are watching or listening. Want to learn more about you and the book e-commerce evolved. Um, Where's the best place for them to go?
2: Perfect. So buildgrowscale.com. You can kind of find out all about different things we have, our Amplified program, our Business Accelerator program. Um, for people who don't really want to partner or give up their revenue, they can do it themselves. And then the book, just go to Amazon. It's the easiest way. You can't beat Prime. Um, and Amazon's always discounting it cheaper than I usually do. So grab it there.
1: All right. This has been Seth Green with Tanner Larson, founder of Build Grow Scale. Check out buildgrowscale.com and the book Ecommerce commerce Evolve. Tanner, thank you so much for joining us. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Seth.